Welcome back. Happy Friday. This is Return to Oz Minute Podcast, giving just a quick PSA that if you're one of those people who puts your your books backwards on the shelf because you find it more aesthetically pleasing and minimal, you're wrong, and that's a stupid way to organize your books because we've just spent about 10 minutes debating this. Um, but on our podcast... It's not even organizing. Just just don't yeah. even call it that. But on our podcast, <laughs> we talk about one minute of return to Oz a day. So we're going to try to keep our agitation and anger under control and just focus on today's minute. In the meantime, we includes me, Tierney Steele... Oh, oh, and uh, me, also, <laughs> Mike Carlucci, and we still have our special guest with us. Uh, it's Megan Coleman. A lover of books. <laughs> a lover of books, yes. Obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> Megan Coleman. Hello. Yes, Megan and I met in library school, so you understand how this got out of control so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think Mike is the angriest, which is really great, because he really did think it was just that one blog post. I'm like, no, no. It's the whole thing. Oh, no. There are two. Which no, there's there more, because I definitely saw on, like, an apartment therapy roundup to start. Uh. Uh, but anyway. It sounded like something that was just one person's idea that was like, oh, I'll be different. Instead, it's a yeah. trend. Well, supposedly, it's a backlash to the organizing by color, which is what started us down this road. Um, yeah, I I swear I can tie this to Return to Oz because we've seen the Palace of Objects is sort of organized, actually. When we walked in, we said, oh, this is a hodgepodge. They just put everything everywhere. But we saw the little, like, China room. I mean, the China there's collection. some sort of organization going on. And we're... We're three people who enjoy a good organizational scheme. <laughs> and I, my favorite is that when I sent the second one, Mike said, off mic, of course, uh, now I know how Mombi felt when the Gnome King said lower. <laughs> so we're, so we're oh, related goodness. to Mombi in minute 87, which starts with her airing her grievances. And oh my God, it, it might be my favorite Mombi line ever. Um, it does end with Mombi explaining that Ozma is imprisoned. Uh, so that's where we end. But yeah, so Mombi says, Dorothy Gale is this, you know, she's returned to Oz. She escaped. Uh, and she has a list of how Dorothy has wronged her. And it is amazing. <laughs> Wait, do you have the like actual line right now? Is it the same in the script? Oh, shoot. I should have checked that first. The one that ends with valuable it. Oh, she took uh, my ruby key. Oh, yeah. okay. There it is. So, yeah. She stole my ruby key and my powder of life and valuable antiques, which she made into a flying sofa, and she's headed this way with. with. And then yeah. you already knew that. valuable antiques which she made into a flying sofa and she's so mad (laughs) 
Now, that raises a huge question in my mind, and uh, amazingly has for years. So, yeah, we'll we'll get back to the economics of Oz. Apparently, valuables are just created out of thin air in the Gnome King's Mountain by the gnomes, or, you know, crystals, gems, all the world's valuable metals. But, so these were valuable antiques. They were up in her warehouse where she was just going to let Dorothy rot. She also put Jack there, so it's kind of like a valuable antiques room slash prison slash, (laughs) like... What's going on? Where did the stuff come from? It doesn't look particularly Oz. There's no people left. Where is it getting value? There's no there's no demand, right? She has supply, but all the other people are gone. In the movie, there is no Ev or Id. Like, the other lands yeah. aren't there or talked about. So the, the market is Mombi or the Gnome King, who <laughs> obviously doesn't pay for things. He just takes them and turns people to stone valuable antiques i just love that those two sofas and a gump head were her valuable antiques <laughs> like not the julius caesar or bust palms. or anything like that <laughs> oh. and uh i love her look as she realizes that none of this is news to him but i do wonder how did she think she beat dorothy here like, I know she was mushing through the tunnel, but Dorothy had a huge head start. And the, the wheelers are not significantly faster than, say, a person yeah. just <laughs> walking or, or going at a brisk jog. Even if you hook up four or five of them, the, the gains are probably limited now that they're dragging a yeah. sleigh behind and them. And I guess, like, you know... Who knows the average speed of a gump, and we didn't see how big the delegate. But like she, I just I don't get it. Like how did she think like Dorothy's headed this way? And it's like it's not like Dorothy just landed on the mountain. We've had snack time. <laughs> well, do you think she thought that like Dorothy got lost somehow? I mean, that's the only thing I could think of as to why. Or Dorothy still wandering around up on the mountain? Yeah. I guess I could that. And that's the only plausible situation I could think where, she, where you know, Moby thinks that she's beaten Dorothy, too. Yeah. I don't know. You know, because she's little, and I don't know. <laughs> I think they just wanted this fun right. interplay between Jean Marsh and Nicole Williamson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah, we have a lovely back and forth, though. Like, the Gnome King is just playing her for a fool. And then we cut back to Dorothy. She's ready to make her third guess, and she doesn't know what to do. So in prime kid fashion, she puts out her arms and spins around in a circle. (laughs) I know, right? I kind of love that part, though. Well, we've mentioned a few times in this movie how a lot of the things in this movie are kind of how you play with your friends when you're a kid. And so it's just like, ah, I gotta guess. It's gonna be random. Yeah, I'll spin in a circle. This'll this'll do it. Oh, TikTok, tell me where to <laughs> land, right? <laughs> if only she had a sword that she could stick into a tree like in the Princess Bride. Oh yes. <laughs> that would show her. Uh I like it. Section thirty-six or section thirty-six. <laughs> Second thirty-six. Uh 
the the right hand side is occupied by what looks like a giant gold camel. I want it. And With sitting the on top of it is a jeweled peacock. But I want that camel table so bad. I'm not joking. That's not a podcast thing. I would put that in my home. (laughs) (laughs) They make ceramic elephant ones that are very trendy. Um, Or at least they were a few years ago. I don't know if that's still a big design thing. Um, But yeah, I kind of... Now, I will say the silver jeweled peacock on top of your gold camel tray table is maybe a bit much. Uh, Yeah, but I kind of love it, though. (laughs) so if you somehow end up with the whole ensemble, you'll give me the top, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> you'll give me the peacock? Okay. Um, also, now that I'm looking at this, is that like a pink pedestal behind Dorothy? Yes. With some sort of gift box yeah. atop it. Oh. Okay, I just put it in the slot, in the uh, chat. Oh, you can buy this, Tierney. You you can buy we'll it. Need a, we'll need a For Patreon. 2200 yeah, bucks. I don't have uh, 2200 bucks hanging out, but that is, I just, I just love it. Like, I haven't geeked out too much on uh, interior decor on this podcast, because let's face it, it doesn't come up that often in a podcast about <laughs> this movie, but, oh God, that's great. I don't know. Someday... I'm sure there's one on Etsy that's yeah. Uh, yeah. much more affordable. One that isn't actually bronze or something like that. <laughs> that would make a the, the sweeted yes. version. Hey, you know what? Sometimes those are the best ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> forget what I was saying. Uh, yeah, I, I love... Like, it's not just that she closes her eyes and is just going to make a random guess. It's the way she she kind of, like, leans back and she's spinning. She really does. It. It's just such a little kick thing. And her, like, pigtails fly out, too, while she's doing it. <laughs> it's charming and adorable. But before we can see what she's advancing to, we cut back to the villain summit. <laughs> a lot of back and forth in this uh this part of the movie um and i have another like oh right things we're supposed to care about that i had almost forgotten were in this movie as the gnome king said well i'm trying to remember what comes first his uh you haven't let ozma escape too or the it's more fun this way okay he really he really works that pipe well into his His into his character hand twirl it's more this way <laughs> um, which was in response to mommy saying why didn't you just turn them all to stone like the second they showed up you weirdo he's like oh no let me explain <laughs> <laughs> see how happy i am right now that's why <laughs> and you're right uh they do kind of use mommy we said in the book in the graphic novel i assume in the book as well because why would you change this just for the graphic novel it's um in the graphic novel it's one of the gnomes that the gnome king is king of that says to him why are we playing this game this is stupid you have ultimate power he's like oh i'm having fun he says what if one of them guesses right what are we gonna do then and here mom says you know what if and and 
uh, she's the one who brings up Ozma. And the Gnome King is like, whoa, wait a second. I put you in charge of, like, one thing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get ahead of yourself, right? Uh, But we are assured that Ozma is still imprisoned. Mombi hasn't let all our captives go. Just the one who steals valuable antiques. (laughs) (laughs) She's not going to be happy to find out what happened to those antiques. One sofa's gone and the other is broken. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That rope and that fancy gold lock she had. No more. (laughs) And the broom. Who knows what historical value the broom had. (laughs) Aww. Well, she's she's a witch in some iterations of the story. She could uh, maybe have inherited it from a famous witch be imbued with magical powers. Now it's lying on the side of the mountain. <laughs> a good minute for... It's not... Neither Jean Marsh or Nicole Williamson are overacting. But they are acting as much as they can in the roles, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, they're, they're turned all the way up. <laughs> He's... Almost overacting. He is, but it's he's still. But the gnome king is so bombastic. Exactly. Well, and he has somewhere to go, because when she brings up Ozma and he's like, you know, flipping out, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, like he had again, he had somewhere to go. Like he had something to build on. And then when she says like, no, she's still in. You kind of seem like, all right, we're cool. So. <laughs> I I think he's he's right at that line, and it's it's almost overacting, but it's more just like no, I just have fun. <laughs> and she's like really like I, 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 she's the only person who I think could sell that line. Also, again, it's spoken into a floor. She doesn't get up until after that. <laughs> so I just I don't know. I I'm feeling very grateful that they got the caliber of acting they did in this movie. Yeah, they, they get a lot of excellent performances. Like, out of the big name stars, out of, you know, out, out of Faruza Balk, out of a guy who doesn't do voice acting to be the voice of the gump. I mean, I, I would have thought he was, you know, he had voiced a bunch of lovable cartoon characters. He's just that talented. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if you knew that one, but yeah, the guy who voices the gump is the behind the scenes guy. Like that's his only voice acting. Credit. Wait, yeah. what? Yeah. What? What? I'm, He's only what? got two acting credits, but he came out of like the Henson studios and, um, you know, was part of the whole eighties puppetry revolution or whatever we called our childhood <laughs> movement yeah. there was just there it was a time <laughs> it was a time, was a time. Um, yeah but huh. that's, what he, that's what he's known for but yeah he voiced the gump that's and, crazy and, i wouldn't have thought yeah. that at all actually that segues perfectly into to asking you so on fridays we generally open it up a little bit to talk about the movie as a whole, which we kind of do throughout the week, but um, 
definitely wanted to make sure if there were parts of the movie you wanted to talk about other than these five minutes that you have a chance since, you know, it's not very often that someone will come along and be like, hey, Megan Coleman, you got any thoughts on Return to Oz? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can't say it's happened before, no. Um, (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, Gosh, I just, I mean, I like the ending. Mm. Shockingly enough, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it, but I kind of, I kind of like it. I'm glad it wasn't torture to watch it. <laughs> no, no. I just, again, I just sort of felt like there was somebody who, I was with someone who was drunk and like the only way to keep them happy and placid, right? Like in the back of your car because you're driving them home is like to just listen and just go with it, right? Like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and just hope it, and like, uh-huh, okay. And, oh, this is happening? And oh, then okay. mommy showed up? Of course. <laughs> uh, oh, of course mommy shows up. Oh, and she has multiple heads? That's cool. <laughs> Oh, and when she looks in a mirror, she can kind of go back to Oz? Okay, cool. Yeah, that works out. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. I guess it's like being in two places yeah. at once. Yeah. I... <laughs> question mark. Though, so, okay, can I ask one question? Not to jump too no, far at the yeah. end, but at the end, after she gets kind of rescued, right, when she's back in Kansas mm-hmm. land, um, and she sees that wagon go away, that's still the actress who played Mombi, right? She was the same one who was the yep. nurse. The head yep. nurse. Um, so, yeah, that's G. Marshall. We do see a couple other actresses technically play Mombi because they play her wearing different heads. But this, right. you know, Princess Mombi, villain of the movie, come to be dramatic, is Jean Marsh. And she's also, yeah, she plays uh, Nurse Wilson back in Kansas, who I never okay. knew had a name before I started doing this podcast. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ta-da! Hey, yeah, because it was because it was kind of weird. Like I felt like she sort of came out of nowhere, and it sort of made me think like, oh, was somebody hoping for yet another sequel? <laughs> right? Because I mean, that seems a very Disney thing to do, right? Like if it does well, mm-hmm. oh, Toy Story two, yeah. right? I kind of wonder if Disney was hoping to launch like a whole Oz world that they owned the proprietary rights to. <laughs> Like they do with Star Wars now. Uh, that's the whole thing. Um, I know, but 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 just in yeah, general. I, like... I kind of wonder, like, if this... So so this was a bust, this movie. As much as we're enjoying it and grateful that it exists. <laughs> in 1985, it didn't do as well as... Not so much. Maybe Not hoped. so much. Um, but if this had been a smashing success, would we have gotten more Oz movies, you think? Cause they... Like, would Princess Moby have come back? Well, and hunted Dorothy down and or something. it's weird and... because they had used to... So the problem is um, the first sequel to The Wizard of Oz doesn't have Dorothy in it. It's what happens in Oz after she leaves. And so the third book is Dorothy coming back to Oz. The problem being that in that story, so much happened in the book before it that like you can't just jump to that. You have to address what happened in the second book. So it's not like... So I understand they didn't want to do an adaptation of the second book because, well, where's Dorothy? Like, what is this? And I understand they couldn't just do an adaptation of the third book because you would have no idea what's going on or who any of these people are. But I wonder what they would have done going forward. Like, would they have written their own original stories? Would they have pulled little things that, like, got left out of earlier movies from the books? Because how many Oz books are there? That's a... Really good question. I want to guess. All right, my guess is five. I hear you Googling. My guess is five. 
Oh, I thought I, I was gonna say thirteen. Oh, all right. So we've and there, got a, we've got a contest going. <laughs> okay, there are there are fourteen. What? I was like, okay, and this movie is like books two, three, and four sort of awkwardly smushed together. It's definitely two and three, and then okay. the gnome king is in three, but he also appears slightly differently in other ones. And Mombi is interesting. I feel like she's all over the place. I still, I still, we're in minute 87 and I still don't feel like I have a good grasp on grasp how Mombi was assembled for this. I mean, I, I, I can name drop all the ladies and witches, but <laughs> I'm still a little weirded out by that. Yeah. Well, cause it's not, cause the, the, the Mombi here uses the name Mombi. And gets the title of princess, but she's she's really a completely different character than either of the other two characters that she was made from. Son of a fourteen books. I mean, what? I believe you. Anyway, back to mommy. Back to mommy. That's on Wikipedia, and the gnome king is still around in book thirteen. Yeah, because he. Oh. Yeah, because, um, well, spoilers for Ozma of Oz, they just take away his magical abilities. Oh, They don't okay. actually... Like, kill him off. with him. Um, hmm. Yeah, allowing them to pass into safety. I fervently hope we've seen the last of the Gnome King and his dreadful palace. And that's it. Then they go home. <laughs> <laughs> He's not mentioned at all in the rest of the book. <laughs> So, yeah, they just leave him there at his mountain. So, uh, yeah, that, that makes sense that he shows up in later books. I assume he has revenge to plot. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, so according to Wikipedia, there are actually dozens of other Oz books written by non-L. Frank Baum people. That makes sense, though, because they are public, you know. Yeah, this John, John R. Neal wrote, like, another... I don't know, like another dozen of them or so in the th- in the 20s and 30s and, oh, and 40s. You can't see my awesome grin, but it's because I'm thinking of the words expanded universe. <laughs> oh, God, can you imagine if Disney did an expanded universe for Wizard of Oz? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I feel like that's kind of what that... we're watching right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. like, if they kept going, I guess, is what I... I mean, right? There could have been like a theme park ride. Oh my god, I want the theme park ride with the wheelers of this movie so bad. Oh my god, could 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 the carts, the little wagon thing? I don't know what they're yeah. called, right? Clearly, I know amusement rides, but the things you sit in on a roller coaster, yeah. could those have like wheelers wheels on the side? Oh, yeah, that would just that would just make. See, my I'm head. obsessed with the flying <laughs> sofa aspect, but you're right, the wheelers get back. Oh, too. well, they could. You, yeah, well, you could have the couch at the front. Right, that's the first car, and then the wheelers are all behind. <laughs> I like right? it. Oh, you could do a dual track. That thing makes sense. With <gasps> the gum above and yes. the wheelers below. Ah, <laughs> oh, I like it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking something like Star Tours, but you have you have TikTok, who's taking you on the on the journey as the serious mm-hmm. one. Yeah, and then filling in as like the three PO is Jack, who's sort of like bumbling the bumbling host and like oh you know we're gonna have a great scenic tour through the uh 
see the through the gnome king's mountain you can see the the wonderful handiwork of the gnomes and then you're attacked and like it's ah! moving around Yes. We also could do a Back to the Future ride version of this, but with the with the sofa instead of a DeLorean. I'm just saying, yeah. there were yeah, that would work many too. opportunities. Do you hear us, Disney? Many opportunities. Take my money. Take my money. <laughs> Look, you already get so much money from me. You do a Return to Oz themed 5K. I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god return to oz race weekend would be amazing oh sorry okay i'm back <laughs> my brain just took me to a place where i realized you guys who don't run disney half marathons probably didn't follow but race weekend is as amazing as it sounds <laughs> um oh you could have a different mompy head at each of the miles Oh my gosh, you could. It's so good. All right. Um, Isn't there like an ultra marathon that's like 30 miles? there definitely are 30 milers. But what I'm thinking is if you do the 10K and the half marathon, it's always some sort of special challenge. So it's like the rebel challenge for the Star Wars ones. And I think that's what you do the Mombi challenge. Whatever, uh, so, uh, oh shoot, you probably would have to do a full marathon. But there are some that do full. Um, you want something that well, has to anything be divisible by 31. And then you could have a different yeah. head marker at each mile. Like, a, the marker at each mile would be Mombi with a different head. It's so good. The first medal would be the head with the loot. And then the second medal would be the mean head that locks in the tower. But then the big medal for doing all of them would be Jean Marsh. How do I get a job hmm. at Disney? Because I would like to make this happen. <laughs> and I know many people who will run any race Disney r- throws, so they don't care if they've never seen the movie. <laughs> hey, as Doc always says, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. My future isn't written yet. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> all hmm. right. Well, now that I've got a lot of planning to do... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, I can't. I'm going to be way too busy starting another podcast. Someday. (laughs) Um, Because I know I've mentioned it before, but hopefully, so you hear me on this podcast, you can hear me on the NeverEnding Minute. You will soon be able to hear me as a guest host on Die Hard Minute for a couple weeks. Um, But my next big project is going to be MASH Minute. Yes! (laughs) Yes! <laughs> Megan is also a fan of the 4077. In fact, that's how... Just just a little bit. basically how we became friends. Not that we wouldn't have gotten along in grad school. But oh, no. But who else has the complete DVD series? And, and then lugs it yeah. to grad school with them in your small dorm room, right? Like, me, I cannot leave my home state without these. <laughs> Excuse me, what is that on your bookshelf? These uh, what? Is that is is that what yes. I think it is? Hi, we need to be friends. <laughs> uh, because Mash is basically the perfect TV series because no matter what mood you're in, no matter what your mood you're in, the episode the right episode of Mash is there for you. Um, yes, well with 11 seasons that's found. To happen. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, we're going to start with the Robert Altman film 
though, and give that the movies by minutes treatment because it's been it did come it first. Did come first, and goodness gracious, it because I sound so disappointed no, about that, but it, it did come. It does first. deserve the movies by minutes treatment. Now that you've done this and you see like kind of how these shows were. Oh no, it does. And it's the whole reason why there's even a TV show, because they had the sets left over yeah. and people being cheap. Let's do something yeah. with this. Okay. <laughs> oh, did your son write a song? Let's give him all the money. <laughs> I know, right? Um, oh, you want to take it off the air? I like it too much. You can't do that. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the movie is a very different tone than a lot of the shows, so Completely. it's going to be very interesting to see how... It's a lot more intense and yeah, I, naughty. Yeah. Also, it's blatantly about the Vietnam War. Like, spoilers for the movie MASH, I guess. Like, <laughs> I know, right? They, they go into town well, at one point, and let me tell you, I know I haven't made it to Korea yet, but I've seen pictures from friends who have, and they're not going for Korea. It's 1970. No. They're implying that this is about the Vietnam War. Yes. They're saying soul an awful lot for people who mean Saigon. <laughs> yeah, and it's basically a TV show about the 50s with 1970s American values in it, right? So, Oh my god, when we get to the show, I am so obsessed with how the TV show changed over its run. Because it starts in the 70s yes. and it has a totally different value system than it does by the time it ends in the 80s. And it completely Yes, and also that Farrah Fawcett haircut, no. Margaret, can't, I hate how she got that haircut <laughs> in the 80s. But that's, that, that's, that's when the show changes a little bit for me. But yeah, <laughs> just yeah, a bit. But, but it's, it's, it, like, it perfectly tracks how America changed over those 11 years. Oh, oh no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying it's you, a bad show. You I'm end just in Reagan era and it's just she, like, yup. And, and what yep. was in season one is not going to fly at all. <laughs> no, no. Oh, man. So, yeah, as you can tell, we have a lot. <laughs> we could talk for mesh forever well, that's kind of how i ended up doing this podcast because i said to mike hey have you thought about doing a movies by minutes about return to oz and he turned to me and i think we were literally in the middle of a street i mean crossing in a crosswalk but in the middle of the street it was like i could talk about return to oz for an hour right now <laughs> it's like you're the right person to do this um and now we've talked yes. about return to oz for many many hours I would have to add it up. I kind of wonder what we're going to end up at in the end. What our total runtime will be. This has been really fun. I like it. And it's not over yet. I know I'm talking about, like... <laughs> Meg and I also have to get really excited because we have no idea when we're going to start. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, that's true. We need to figure that out. Sorry. What... Besides, like, we should yeah. do this. <laughs> Other than... So... <laughs> So back of the envelope calculation here, if we do 110 minutes, which we probably won't because of credits at the end, uh, but we we have some episodes that go over half an hour, a few that are a little bit under, but we're averaging close to 30 minutes, probably all, all mm -hmm. things considered. That's about 55 hours of Return Dead. to Oz And talk. you said that? I actually have a lot of notes on the credits, just for the record. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't want to do the credits? No one cares about the credits. Well, I don't know if we'll go minute by minute on the credits. We'll just do a big credit palooza. I, I, we'll see. I have a oh. lot of notes on oh, okay. the uh -oh. I sent some tension. <laughs> um, 
Hey, that, that, that no, works. Well, just because, <laughs> like, there's things of where they recorded. Um, they, I, God, I have a major question. And, like, literally the last seconds of the film. Um, Deep Roy shooting schedule. London Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> based on credits. Music. Oh, what does in charge of production mean? Other than, like, what it says. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, a couple of them next to them, I have the note. Hopefully we've already talked about this, so. I'll have to borrow a save it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> also, if you've made it to minute 87 of this podcast, you've probably figured out that I'm okay with just talking forever. <laughs> <laughs> My next project is a movie and then an 11 season TV show. And I thought we were going to do uh, spinoffs for um, After Mash and uh, what's the McIntyre one that they spun off? Oh, uh, yeah. MD. Is it Trapper, Trapper MD or something, MD, something like something. that? All right. But I was like, oh, maybe we'll do that after. No, that ran for six seasons. Did it I really? It was a one and done. It ran for six seasons and like full Cause seasons. Because Aftermath only ran for like two, right? Like yeah. Two, I mean, it didn't last. No, Aftermath is short. The Radar one is only like an episode. They didn't even make more. Um, <laughs> it was like here's the pilot, and, and then um, we're done with that. So yeah, I was like, oh, we could cover the uh, the other stuff too. And then I looked at them like, yeah, this is like twenty five episodes a season, and it ran a lot longer than I thought it did. We're not doing that. <laughs> Dang. No, no, no. Once you do all of those, like you'll be retired. <laughs> and then you can you can go like to all the different locations and you can like report live, you know, what happened at the Oh, we're we're going to California, right, Megan? You saw that Atlas Obscura article about how they just left the ambulances out like on oh, the that's side true. of the trail. Oh, I'm totally oh. You realize if yes, we and could- I- I'm such an urban, like, rural decay person anyway, so that just, like, appeals to me on multiple levels. No wonder levels. you enjoyed this movie. <laughs> <laughs> urban decay is what Return to Oz is really all about. It really is. Um, that yellow brick road, holy crap, oh right? God. It's not so what yellow. Is- it's so crumbly. And the Emerald City is crumbly. What happened? <laughs> so, anyway... We should wrap. We should anyway. wrap this up. But yeah, I'm I'm glad that we were able to push a couple buttons between Mompy's costuming, and the the post-apocalyptic Emerald City. I'm glad you enjoyed your return to Oz viewing experience. <laughs> I did. Excellent. Thanks for joining us. Um, I thanks for having me. Ah, so much fun and and well, and making me podcasting. watch this. <laughs> Yay! Always nice to introduce another person to return to Oz. It's been Mike's life mission. (laughs) (laughs) To spread the word. Um, If you want more Return to Oz, other than just rewatching the movie a million times, uh, check out returntoozminute.com. That's got all our back episodes. It has links to our social media who's been a guest on which episode. So if you want to look for a specific person or a specific part of the movie, you can line things up. Um, on social media, we're at Oz Minute. But if you come on Facebook and search that, you will find not only our page that you can like and we, you know, update, 
but the Listener's Flying Sofa, which is our Facebook group, it's a closed group, but that's just to make sure you're like a real person. Just ask to join. Be a real person. Come join us. We talk about all our crazy theories, all our great ideas that Disney can just have if they would do them. Um, <laughs> Take my yeah. money. Yeah. Uh, it's a good place for, for memories and current theories. And you know what, Megan? You're not the only person who uh, was completely introduced to this movie by this podcast. We, oh, we've had good a to couple know. people who were like, or or we had one person who was, you know, we've had actually a few people who are like, I know I saw it as a kid, but I don't really remember it. But yeah, you're not the only person who made it, you know, what what are we at now? 32 years since the movie came out. <laughs> uh, but but yep. yeah, we're, we're starting a, a renaissance of Return to Oz, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, Mike, do you want to take us out? Weog. Tiog. Piog. Dot com is also where you can find our website.